Wellerin Gaitalchista, Firkin Folger, or Viljak the Aras and Ultronagus. He seemed to Conrade, Gulmid, Rasher, and Ganoff schedule Rish. Aker Mahan Hain, Maragurt, Meagas, Akohere Hair, San Saivin, Mavan Kere, Tush. Tovok de Wintlish and Okoitsha, Agas Gulchigamur, and you know, Gorrau or in Tishka, Cosmer Hirslishan. Covid got over a day, kind of a schedule, more a dirt for the interrogue. Anyway, may I just say, uh, I'm Sabine and I are so grateful uh, uh, to you all for coming uh, here today and enabling us uh, to give some real meaning to our rescheduled event after, as I've just said, the unfortunate but unavoidable postponement of the event that had been due to take place on International Women's Day itself. It all came quite quickly too. Sabine and I had unfortunately no choice but to postpone after we had received our own positive COVID-19 test. But we're really grateful to have the opportunity of hosting this event and of exploring with you, activists as all of you are in your own way, uh, these important issues that affect not just, not just women, but affect actually damage all of society, which we'll come to. It's very good to be welcoming guests back again towards the Nutron, and <coughs> the weather is cooperating. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, last Sunday we hosted a special remembrance ceremony entitled to honour and hold in memory. Uh, <coughs> we planted a a tree that will be there for those to visit in the future who would want to remember those who lost. Who lost. It was to honour all those who died from COVID. But it, we laid a special emphasis on the day in a beautiful piece sung by, by Leonard and Stephen Cooney who accompanied him on those who were grieving and those who had lost the opportunity to grieve in the way that would have offered them some solace. We talked about all those who had died from COVID, those grieving for the loss of loved ones, the frontline workers who appeared day after day, taking risk after risk for us all, and in fact, for, of course, those who are still suffering from COVID all over the world. We planted the oak tree, as I said, in the commemorative garden. It will be there as a lasting memorial to all those that I have mentioned. And if you have time at any stage, you'll all be most welcome uh, to come and, uh, and, and see uh, what we're doing. <clears throat> we rang the peace bell. I have to say, speaking to all of you in, in many, many cases, may we hear the word peace again. At 80 years of age, I have to say, spending a great deal of my life working with peace movements, walking for peace, opposing war, and who the rest of it, to find the airwaves and to find the columns and the papers filled with talk of war again and the resolution of difference uh, uh, through uh, ever, ever heavier expenditure on military equipment is quite shocking. The planet is burning, children are starving, people are displaced, we have ever-growing conflicts and so forth. And the conversation has been about the level and scale of how much of human and other resources must be deflected to the machines of death and destruction that is war. 
There's only one winner in the last several weeks, the armaments industry. They never paused. And they're now enjoying their largest profits in decades, as is reported in the different financial papers. I mustn't digress anymore. But we rang the peace bell for those who died in COVID, those who made sacrifices during COVID, those who lost loved ones during COVID, frontline workers, and as I have said, for all those suffering, and all those who were affected by the absence of peace in our discourse, in our diplomacy, and in our lives. International Women's Day is one of the most important days of the year since Sabine and I came here to Horus and Uthron. It is a special day when it is appropriate for all of us, yes, to celebrate the achievements of all the many great women who have, whom have made and are making such a lasting mark on the lives of all of us. But it's far more importantly a day to challenge the many great violences, exclusions, and deprivations of dignity and rights which continue to be inflicted on women across our society and across the world. And in particular, the many horrific acts of violence which continue to be inflicted on women behind the doors of their houses and indeed which are on the increase. And those women often, without protection, stateless women, so many of them were being trafficked. I know that our thoughts today will be in particular in those brave women fleeing with their children from horrific violence in Ukraine. We stand with the women of Ukraine and once again call for a meaningful ceasefire, accessible humanitarian corridors, not just of escape but of essential under international law, necessities of life. We call on Russia to withdraw troops and we ask the international community to see the urgent necessity of seeking to achieve, the, to achieve peace and the placing of a ceasefire to stop the killing and those humanitarian corridors at the top of the agenda. At home in Ireland, it is undeniable too. We have as a nation been through a most difficult two years as we battled, continued to meet the challenge of the coronavirus pandemic. For all of us, it was a time that called upon us to make sacrifices in the way we lived our lives and to demonstrate a spirit of resilience and solidarity as we navigated our way through unprecedented times. We must, however, recognise that, that some, particularly those with little resources, and among so many of them women, suffered more than others. When we had COVID, we, were, we had space, I think, of all those women in difficult circumstances, children, some children with special needs and all the rest of it, upstairs in apartments and so forth, seeking to try and survive during COVID. And we need to have a duty of care uh, to them in the future. Among those who suffered were an increased number on whom domestic violence was inflicted. Women's Aid have reported an increase of 43% on those seeking their assistance during 2020 compared to 2019. We know that a number of protection and interim barring orders granted to victims of domestic violence increased enormously during that time. And may I say, let us think about it, the number of those who were breaching the barring orders and where they are located in the society and what it is telling us. And it's not a good story. 
You will all be able to deal with that in more detail and better than I. We owe an enormous debt to those organisations who have exposed and are exposing this violence and who are working to help the victims of this violence. Victims whose courage in speaking out is such a huge encouragement to those seeking to muster courage. And I have to say, as a sociologist in my previous life, never underestimate the cost to the person of having to break their, their silence in matters like this and the price that is paid for it. And it's an important record. In recent times, we have also been shocked, of course, by more tragic events, more public ones, leading to the deaths of young women. Young women with so much potential and possibility to offer themselves, their families, their society, have had their lives taken, leaving heartbroken those who loved and cared for them. The families who mourn them are not alone in asking, what kind of society is it that continues to hold, on, hold in it and tolerate behaviour that allows women become the victims of belittlement, abuse, aggression uh, and discrimination? In a country that achieves its independence, there's always the danger that you might fall into a frenzy of congratulation to yourself as to what, how wonderful you were, when in fact so much, in fact, of all of this is there, staring us in the face as behaviour that simply has to change. There's been no doubt that we must now re-examine, and in a spirit of urgency, all of those factors that allow this to continue and so much of which is based on the disrespect and exclusions too that prevail for women in our society and that have not been questioned, have been allowed to be reproduced. Indeed, it is one of the great flaws of our nationalisms which delivered our independence that it has never been adequately able to deal adequately with issues of either social class discrimination or issues indeed of violence against women. There has been some progress and it's important that we recognise the many positive changes that have been brought about, often due to the work of hard-working and courageous women across our society over the generations. Sabine and I have had the privilege of being with many of them and were present when they were insulted. People wouldn't believe it could have happened, then you must be imagining it. That was the experience. Sunday evening in the focused theatre when a distinguished person would be saying, you're only saying that because no one would have you. We're, these are things we've achieved a lot in the immediate near history, but there were women, and some men too, who in fact actually had to take great risks in confronting ignorance, prejudice and hate over the generations, and we mustn't ever forget them. I think that there were events that took place all across the country where many of these achievements were celebrated, and that's so important now, and during this last International Women's Day. There's so much more we must do. I have a problem, maybe it is a problem of age, of in fact beginning to, to question language itself. Uh, sometimes an expression of great urgency can in fact be turned into a cliché. I'm almost afraid now to use the word urgent consideration because it's fired into everyone's speech about everything. So we're past time giving 
urgent consideration to the actions we might take in order to ensure that violence against women in all its forms is removed from our society, along with all behaviour that contributes to the continuation of a society which is not fully inclusive. We have not been valuing the voices and respecting even the most basic rights of all of our citizens. Just before, just a few weeks ago, before we got COVID, I recently visited friends of Sabina's and mine, Margaret and Nori Delaney, in the travelling community. We visited them, our beautiful women, over their lives in the Carol Brown halting site. And I, Margaret was explaining, it brought me out to see the dustbins with splits in the side of them, with the rats running around and the fence broken, and things like that. She said, if they could only fix the fence. But she said, when I coming out in the morning, and to see the rats around, they said, the splits down the side of the, the splits down the side of the, the dustbins. I spoke about this uh, at University College Galway at their seminar on traveling and so forth. But to think about it, it is, there are 25 years like that. I won't go into it again, but let me say, that those responsible for even further dangerous imp on, their, uh, on their children and grandchildren, in fact, have in fact actually been enjoying promotions through the local authority system in Ireland. A terrible legacy to leave after you. And therefore, you must, we must ask ourselves, what does it tell you about a country in 2022? The people that, the women and men and children of travellers have to go to the Supreme Court to establish their basic rights. And that half of our people, when they're surveyed, said, I wouldn't like to live near one of them in the Republic of Ireland. We're a country that strives to be a republic with a commitment in our constitution to cherishing all of our people equally. It's a commitment we have sadly failed to fulfil. Ours is a country where women cannot walk alone in many places without fear of being attacked, subjected to unwanted attention or comments, where one in five employees have been harassed at work, the majority of them women, where so many simple daily actions and situations place women in an environment where they feel unsafe or vulnerable. And we have many different forms of religion. I often ask myself the question, in relation to the body itself, where did all this stuff come from? And is it not time that people ask the question about what they have been teaching people and insisting on people and forcing on people? I'm from Newmark in Fergus County, Clare. I was reared from the age of five there. I was born in Limerick. But I did attend the church in Newmark in Fergus as a young child. And been asked, why is this woman being brought in before Mass? She's being churched. Where did this come from? And what does it tell us? And isn't it time that they looked at themselves for these assumptions they're making about the human body, the female body, the reproductive body, the body that deserves dignity? In recent times, more and more, of course, Courageous women are breaking their silence, coming forward and telling their stories of abuse, harassment, discrimination, and humiliation, including in institutions and the state. What a disgrace, because it is from them 
we were entitled to expect the setting of an example rather than the reports of abuse. And they had their long, complicated rigmaroles that in fact made it difficult for women to come forward. All too regularly, we need read reports of women being abused physically and psychologically, controlled, humiliated, stalked, attacked, terrorized. We hear of the organizations that fail to deal with abuse. Elements of hierarchy in those uh, institutions that say the important thing is the reputation of the institution. It would be better if it didn't get out. And in case it did, by the way, have your paper trail ready. We witnessed the casual misogyny, the vulgar comments, the online abuse meted out daily to women. And our corporations are so immune from any control that they are not being stopped doing this. Considered by too many men, too many men, and regard some of this behaviour, and of course it is as harmless, humorous, it's far from. We listen to the stories of those who speak, and it is reported in different forms of the media. We're described as regularly, we're shocked, we're appalled, we're angered. And then the next thing we're asked is that we must listen to this. We've been listening a long time. Listening is not enough. We need to talk and we need to act. God's sake, after what I have been describing, somebody's saying is, we need a national conversation. Are we dumb or something like that? The facts have been staring us in the face and have been suffering on how we as a society might create a fairer and safer environment for our female citizens. Easy stuff, all this national conversation stuff. I think, frankly, maybe it's eight again. I just find it a tad repetitive. It cannot wait, and why has it to be so? Perhaps the answer is that, like in many states, we have a frozen bureaucratic structure, unable to unfreeze itself from old, failed, and damaging assumptions, is not capable of taking the radical steps needed to deliver what, after all, a failure to deliver rights. We cannot begin the changes that are necessary too early. I believe myself, even in the creches, the areas of play, all places of interaction among from the earliest years, and all of them we must initiate projects of behavioural change across all spectrums and fields of Irish society. We must begin to consider and discuss the actions that are necessary to prevent any continuing to ignore facilitating or enabling the discrimination and abuse that so many women suffer and tolerate in their daily lives. At a global level, we must oppose any attempt at invoking cultural exception bogus arguments. We must recognise that a culture that accepts and fails to speak out against the daily forms of abuse and belittlement of women is a culture that silently enables its endurance and escalation with often serious consequences for such as <coughs> ill-treatment, exploitation, and even death. I think it's very interesting in that regard. I spoke to Pope Francis about, for example, female genital mutilation. 
And how is this necessary for those who are in authoritative positions internationally, in faith systems or in political systems? Put an end to this argument about cultural exception in relation to matters that are matters of abuse. Countries that are safe for women and girls who inhabit them can only grow from societies and communities that recognise the basic dignity that is the source of rights. The rights movement was at its best when the emphasis was on dignity in order to ever achieve such places of safety, security and recognition of dignity. And they are too rare. We have to teach young males to be knowingly respectful of women in the way they treat and speak about them and their fellow citizens. I use the word knowingly respectful because it is important that the experiences are understood so that it is natural, in fact, to be respectful. And surely, surely it must be basic to ensure our workplaces are spaces where women are free from inappropriate comments and gestures, and where there are salaries and opportunities for development and promotion are ones in which female employees are fully valued and respected members. It is important, I'm coming to the end, that women are strongly represented at all levels, and particularly in leadership positions and key decision-making roles in the public sector, private sector and boardrooms. Now, I think this is very different, of course, from inviting women to mimic the pretentiousness or the pompousness or the ridiculousness of status-seeking males in leadership positions. It isn't, that is not what we're talking about, something mimetic. The traditional and stereotypical career expectations must be broken down. Assumptions which continue to see areas of employment, such as clerical and office work, and caring duties to be dominated by women. There is some progress in an area now that I have sp uh, spoken about when I was speaking about science during the year. Significant gender segregation in the uptake of subjects in the STEM fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The building of obstacles that deter so many women from remaining in professions for which they are fully qualified and which they have so much to offer has not been eliminated, simply because we have not simply worked on the life-work balance that enables a woman to, in fact, actually give, after childbirth, resume a position in relation to one's work, science and career. How sad it is that it has taken the COVID pandemic to highlight the significance to the lesser status accorded to work of care, compassion, and kindness. And I'm back again to the concept of a republic. Care, compassion, kindness. Work that is overwhelmingly carried by women, some men too, to a lesser degree. In this, in this we have in fact realized there is no question of going back to the way we were before. We have to get to a new place, particularly in that area. Beyond the workplace in every area of life, we must examine the change we need. In the area of recreation, we must ensure that our sporting fields and arenas are even playing pitches and even in every way. It was on an international women's day here shortly after I arrived that I left for the first time to see the women's rugby on the basis that I might drag the RT cameras after me and should get covered for the first time. In addition, we must make certain 
that those whom we present to our young people as role models must be fully deserving of these titles in their behaviour both on and off the field. That women are appropriately and accurately represented in the most important and enriching world of arts and culture is so important. Gender bias in the Irish arts must be firmly made a thing of the past. Today, Sabina and I, as a he-for-she advocate at the request of the United Nations, Secretary-General, wanted to bring you all together from across society to consider actions and hear concrete commitments which we can take as an individual, as individuals, organisations, to realise the achievement of a truly equal world, one in which the relationships between the genders is one of solidarity, equality and respect, and defined by a spirit of shared humanity. I accepted that role back, I think, in really now seven years ago. In many cases, at the level at the beginning, there was enthusiasm at the start, and then it a kind of petered out. But I hope, in fact, to be able to report when it resumes energy at the level in New York, to be able to say, I had a meeting in Ireland, and different people said, look, we're committing to this. So it's not a case anymore, in many cases, of we all join it together, let's have a hymn for the national conversation. Commitments is what we need, and a timescale on those commitments as to when they'll be achieved. Because... A day is too long in relation to the elimination of violence uh, against women. So, Makriya Makmiletu, Vikustifilik, Asu Nirakti Kodishas, Gakratatoshiv, Edianov, Kunchirk the Gar, those at Dulling, Agas Gakrahorit and Tarki, the Snehagrish Ukraine come on. In my heart, I know that together we can begin the vital work of forging a new and better relationship between men and women. And all of us as an Anthropocene and our nature, one that is fair, inclusive and respectful to all of its citizens and to all of our diversities. So let us all take this occasion of gathering to not only reflect together, but to make a commitment on the actions we can take and make change a reality. I do want to thank Nolan Blackwell not just for today, but for so much, but today for acting as an MC and to thank her for all her work, her continued work, and those like her uh, on all these issues over the years. And Kultas Kultorierin, the beautiful music that they will be bringing this, that they've been bringing to this occasion. We cannot but be mindful that Ashling Murphy, who is such a recent victim of male violence, was, of course, one of their most distinguished members, an extraordinary member, because her main emphasis was on sharing her talents with as many people as possible. To Kultus Kultorier and Derem Loeb, you performed movingly at her funeral. Your presence with us here today is a poignant and very welcome one, as we recall her life and, the lo and her loss. And all of those women, the Manalik a who lost their lives through gender-based violence. We recall them, we remember them, we mourn them, but more importantly, we resolve this morning now to take whatever action is necessary to eliminate violence against women and to work even harder to achieve and to strengthen gender equality in our society and in our world, which will deliver not only fairness, 
but deliver justice and the true basis for peace. Mila Buikas, thank you. Thank you.